0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the fintech, your fintech feel show. Very exciting today because we have one of the most influential person on the gaming and blockchain space, Sandbox. Sebastian Bourget, who is important. the CEO and co-founder of Sandbox. Sandbox is one of the most um, incredible platforms that we have used on the metaverse space. Sebastian, how are you today? I'm great. It's a pleasure to be here with you today, Mehdi. Thank you very much for being here today um, you have a very packed schedule this weekend uh, you are just here for like two or three days and you make time to come to this podcast so first of all thank you very much and second it's it's an honor for me to have you here of course
1: like I'm here uh, like to connect with the team with a community and uh, well I'm passing by in Hong Kong and I want to make the most of my time here so having the chance to speak on a podcast with, with amazing setup around me and a great view of Hong Kong well I
0: couldn't miss that. Thank you very much for us kind of Words. words. Um, the first question I ask all the entrepreneurs coming here, it's who are you, where are you from, and what have you done before starting your company?
1: Sure, so uh, my name is Sébastien Borgé. I'm the COO and co-founder at The Sandbox, as well as the president of the Blockchain Game Alliance. I'm 39 years old and uh, I've been an entrepreneur for since almost like 16 years now, together with my business partner, Arthur Madrid. We've co-founded three uh, companies before. Two of them have been acquired. Always in the space of like being pioneers in new technologies, in peer-to-peer originally, then in uh, user-generated content and, and cloud and media file sharing and streaming, and then in mobile gaming um, more recently. And uh, today, like we evolve Sandbox, which originally started as a mobile game. I'm sure, we'll talk about that after. Into this decentralized virtual world and platform that focuses on empowering creators.
0: Second question for you now: It's what was the turning point in your life to become an entrepreneur? So I've
1: always been a geek, that's for sure, and an early adopter. Pretty much like uh, since being a teenager, every time there was a new uh, gaming console or a new product, I like to buy it on first day. Try it, try how like it can be interacted with, how it can be inspiring other people to do new things. Um, I choose, actually, after graduating from baccalaureate in France to uh, go into an engineering school so, because I also like how to, to understand how things are being made, constructed, you know, and I wanted to keep all my options open to push a bit later the choice of what I want to do exactly, but still have this ability to learn a lot of things around engineering, around uh, computer science and, and technology in general. Um, Along that journey, actually, it brought me to Hong Kong as I did an exchange uh, program semester here at Chinese University of Hong Kong back in 2007, and from there, I've been reached out by my business partner, Archio Madrid, as I was also um, one of the main contributor in. Uh, as an open source developer in BitTorrent technology, peer-to-peer technology. And his first startup uh, in Paris was actually using that technology. So he contacted me and uh, I started to collaborate with him around like uh, his uh, startup. Then when I came back to France, he offered me to join as an uh, intern to, for my graduation last year of internship. and. Uh, we we started to work together, and I guess like progressively, um, I helped him as a project manager, getting more and more into in depth into the strategies, the operation of the product, and progressively becoming uh, somehow an entrepreneur as we kept on going together now for 16 years, uh, like launching new product, launching services that touch B two C, and um, exploring those new uh, realms. Yeah.
0: Could you share a bit more about the genesis of Sandbox?
1: So. Um, originally, it was not a platform. It was a mobile game that we launched in uh, 2011 on iOS and Android. I always had that uh, dream, like since I was touching like new technology, including gaming console. That wow, I love playing games. So one day, I like to make my own game. Actually, uh, I looked into it. I bought books. I-, I look at what kind of study you need to do that and. Was pretty hard. Like you have to go usually through like five years of training and specialized video game making schools. Um, uh, Creating a video game was very costly. Required large team. The hardware was not accessible. You need to receive special like development kits from console, which are like very gated platforms. And so I I, I felt like "Mm, maybe like I'll see later if you can still do that. But I felt like not so accessible then the arrival of smartphones, like uh, the iPhone and the Android phone, they really change everything. Like I saw like, oh, now just uh, one person, two people team can make video games again on those devices. It could be simple game, but still like it was quite incredible. Like most you see that dream of like one guy in his garage starting a startup, like the Silicon Valley story of like how Microsoft and other startups started originally is doable again you don't no longer need million dollar budget to make games you no longer need like 100 people team and specific hardware so i say oh it is the right moment like we have to do it right now like so let's that's what we did actually we we looked um, and we funded our mobile game studio in 2011 we found a game that we were quite interested uh, called the sandbox originally on congregate so It was a flash game an old technology in the browser that people used to make uh, like basic uh, games and it didn't really look at the mobile game uh, that we launched. It was just like a physics simulator where people could play with a periodic table of elements, combine those, so putting um, a water and putting fire on the water, it would turn into steam and you would just see one pixel, white pixel <laughs> go up the, the screen like simulating steam. I say. It's still cool, but uh, it's not a game. So we uh, thought like how do we optimize that for smartphone and touchscreen was really the, one of the exciting feature and we found like wow well, if just by the touch of your finger you could play with those elements and do other things maybe uh, that could form a game and so we improved the graphic we use a touchscreen we added more and more element over time and that became right from the start people loved they enjoyed this idea the magic of creating just by the touch of your finger, and sharing those creations with other users who can try them. It grew into a large success. We had 40 million uh, installs over eight years, and uh, 70 million uh, creations made by those players. Still, over time, uh, I I got connected very closely to some of the users who were uh, sharing and doing those creations. I saw them. They were leaving the game. Uh, after a few months few years they were moving on to other things and the recognition the, the fame the recognition that we gave them by featuring their profile featuring their creation in that gallery wasn't enough like they were looking since they contributed to the content of our game they thought that if we as a company make a revenue maybe they should receive a portion of it and I wanted to do that but I had literally no way to do that like at scale like Uh, When you are an editor of a game on iOS and Android, you cannot send a portion of your revenue to your user. You have to find the user, contact them by email, and uh, then make them sign a contract to agree on a revenue share that you pay them at 30 days, 60 days, maybe worse. It's very manual work, not scalable. Until one day in 2017, again, I started exploring around blockchain technology, Bitcoin, the mining, the protocol. Um, and I found the first blockchain game, Crypto Keys. I immediately uh, started to analyze, benchmark, deconstruct that game. And I saw this game basically was nothing special. Like you just breed virtual cats and uh, you get new cats. And the more you breed, the better they get become. But there were two exciting things behind that we saw as very interesting features. One is like the virtual cats. You actually didn't buy them from the developer. You buy them from other players. That's really, that was totally new. And you didn't buy them in the game. You actually bought them on an external marketplace with a currency that is not the one of the game, but was a, a if at the time. And so we say, wow, that's actually the solution to our problem. Like instead of selling virtual cats, why don't we just allow people to sell their creation, the one they made in sandbox, if that use that technology? and that, really led us to rethink, like, we need to rebuild Sandbox this time as a platform with creation tool, with a marketplace, with uh, a map, with um, a social feature, multiplayer feature, no-code game maker, and uh, a token that will act as a main utility token of this platform. That's what we did in 2018. And uh, along the way, we spent the last uh, five years uh, building this platform, launching the different tools and platform, and growing We've also been acquired by Animoca Brands in um, 2018. For Animoca Brand is a large gaming company based here in Hong Kong that also was one of the first to jump into blockchain. We got acquainted because they published CryptoKitties in China and we were really aligned on that vision that blockchain could actually transform gaming by enabling this true digital ownership of creators and players of their game assets. And uh, we raised funds um, along the way. Uh, In 2019, we raised $4.5 million with uh, Square Enix, True Global Venture, Hash. Then in 2021, we raised $93 million with um, SoftBank and uh, other major investors, LG, uh, Samsung Next, etc. And uh, we've grown Sandbox through time uh, with uh, many partnerships that have been announced, uh, through uh, the popularity of our land sale that sold out and involved many brands. Uh, having more than 4.6 million users who created a wallet. So we onboarded a lot of users into Web3 and creating for the first time their wallet. And um, a lot of other success metrics involving the number of uh, people who own land, who participate and actively engage as creator on the platform with the tool. And uh, the first experiment that we've launched. And we, I'm sure we'll talk a bit later, about. but this year we are going on, we're going to open the platform publicly as it's been really in alpha stage until now. So any of those landowners will be able to publish directly on their land, open their experience to the public. So growing their community, starting to engage them, to monetize them eventually. So really kicking off the full Open Metaverse vision that we started five years ago.
0: We often hear about Metaverse in discussion around uh, digital assets and gaming. How Sandbox contribute to this metaverse and what is the position of Sandbox?
1: So we say Sandbox is a part of the open metaverse. It's uh, because we see the metaverse really as this concept of like being a mil- millions of virtual worlds and platforms where users can enter with an avatar, um, which is like a, a character, a 3D representation of themselves. And through that avatar, uh, they can access... And move seamlessly between any of those virtual worlds and platform, and not only their avatar and their identity, but also like all their digital uh, assets and belongings, like their wearables, their equipment, their game item, maybe their, their um, virtual house, their virtual land, their creation, and and so like what the main, what's really important about the concept of metaverse is this idea that you can move in a seamless manner without having to require the permission of any of those platforms, because that is part of like what the technology enables. That's why we cannot say that Sandbox is a metaverse, neither is uh, a Minecraft or Roblox or Fortnite, even less, because they are like centralized virtual world that exists uh, as their wall garden platform in silo, where like you can... Have an avatar, you can create content, but you cannot take that avatar or that content outside. You cannot start putting your creation for sale on a marketplace somewhere else and someone else to buy it from you or use it, etc. So that's how we define the metaverse and how Sandbox is
0: contributing to it. What is the key value proposition that Sandbox offers to its users and also to the broader blockchain ecosystem?
1: So well I think first of all like our team uh, has experience in gaming so we've been uh, making video games mobile games for the past 10 years we know and we understand like what is fun and what is like uh, the quality of the control the quality of like the the action and experience that users can have and how to design mechanics that drive people to come back right and what we saw is for most uh, a virtual world that are not games. Like you come once to attend an event, to visit a place, but then you don't really have another reason to come back. That's why like we designed this concept of um, seasons and events where like you you explore not just one location, but several locations and experiences, which can be like games, but also social hub, uh, art galleries, museum. We've seen um, dance clubs and many other things. You complete quests, but then the next day, there's another experience that open and you need to uh, go and discover it, complete quest again. And the over- underlying goal is like you uh, collect those uh, experience points, we call them ethos point that allows you to rank in the leaderboard and then based on that ranking, you can uh, have access to different type of rewards. So the most engaged user who complete all the quests and earn more points will get the maximum reward in terms of uh, unique NFTs, um, SAN token, and eventually also physical uh, rewards. But, uh, and, and so it's really inspired by mechanics from like, um, the battle pass mechanics that we find in video games and that drive retention. And we saw like people like that. People like to feel rewarded for their action. That's actually one of the core ideas Also like how Sandbox is transforming uh, gaming. People talk about play to earn but it's um, I think it's much more. And also like seeing that uh, there is always this meta gameplay beyond just completing quests that uh, were originally designed. People just like to come back, to socialize with other users, to they see the metaverse like as a giant theme park or like a playground uh, where uh, they can jump, run, follow each other, have side activities, meet new people, make new friends and share emotions together. And that's why we see they spend uh, an average uh, amount of time on a daily basis already above one hour when we have a season
0: or experience to, to discover. What are the benefits and challenges of combining gaming with blockchain and NFTs?
1: So, well, that's, that's a great question. That's a deep question. So let's see how we can um, cover it rapidly. Um, first thing is, I like to say that Sandbox is much more than um, just gaming. Actually, we are defining a new format of entertainment that if you're a gamer, pure gamer, like you will probably not like Sandbox. because It's still lacking a lot of the features that you've seen before in video games. If you're not a gamer, if you've never played, actually, you will like it a little lot because it's very social and it's light gameplay applied to, um, so you don't need to, to be very familiar with a lot of concepts or you don't need to engage too much as well to progress and loot and reward, etc. Also, it's very social by design. And so we, we feel like having this opportunity, this chance to uh, design experience that you will not find on other platform, to bring new agencies, because like we bring all those different brands on the platform and we make it that they can interact with, the fan of those brands can interact in ways that's never seen before with their favorite artists, their favorite brand. They can even take the content and uh, make their own experiences with it, remix it as they want. That's also quite unique. You never see anywhere else like so many different characters and brands that can get come together, mashing up like in Sandbox. We like to think it's almost like a modern version of Disneyland Park, theme park, but not just with only Disney character, like with just any brand that we're familiar. And that includes also now brands coming from web three community and projects, and also new character and brand design in Sandbox from the ground. up. That's one thing I think it's quite interesting by bringing new audiences, by making a no-code game maker so new creators that design new type of gameplay and this very new format of entertainment sandbox is uh, quite a different as an experience and people tend to like it so that's uh, something great brands like like it as well as they see like the community gets very creative at the core as well as they engage you not just players very often they are creators and players so they have that duality of skills. We also see that now, like beyond Sandbox, like in general, because I also uh, i am the president of the Blockchain Game Alliance, which is an organization that now counts 500 members. Our goal is to showcase the possibilities that blockchain enables in video games. I think like it's really about like being community driven. Like as a game creator, usually to design a game, you don't really have a lot of options. You have apply this, either you make a premium game so people buy it up front and play. Sometimes you have DLC add-ons to keep monetizing over time or eventually a subscription model or you go for free-to-play where you're going to have roughly 1 to 3% of your users who are like uh, buying the virtual asset and content that you uh, design and the rest are free users you don't really monetize except with ads. So you're trying to optimize the gameplay for get, converting a maximum of people to, to buy. The digital asset that they buy, they spend real money on it, but they don't, it don't belong to them. They cannot resell it. They cannot use it anywhere else. If they stop playing, it's actually lost value. You're competing with other game and the game studio on the platform for the player attention because their assets and where they're going to spend their money, if they spend it on another game or on a competitor game, it doesn't add value to you. So this is the side effect of being into like siloed closed world garden uh, environments and uh, you implement advertising to try to uh, like boost up your revenue on that 97% user base you don't monetize and you give actually a lot of your player data to what, like platform like like uh, Facebook, Meta, Google that collect data and target user with ads. And we know users don't like ads. So it creates an experience where players don't own their asset. Players feel like they are being monetized by serving ads. They don't like ads. Developers don't like ads. We're evolving an ecosystem where the industry isn't becoming more creative. It's just trying to optimize to convert more people, fewer people to, to buy, to survive which means like less creativity in game design, and uh, uh, the overall experience is not a positive one. It's rather negative where incentives are not aligned between players, developers, and platform. Blockchain and NFTs as a technology, actually it's here to change that paradigm and to realign the relationship between players, developers, and platform, where players are contributing to the value of the game, so they receive more value through their digital asset that they own, Creators are using NFT and involving the community to design those games. So it speaks to the player and it aligns with incentive of players. And the platform are um, sharing more value as well as they contribute to the distribution, etc. I think that's really uh, the core level of how it's changing and how it's being implemented. We're still quite early on. So we've seen some iteration with games like uh, Axie Infinity, for example, but um, there's many others now, Cross the Age, Dogami, uh, Gods Unchained, for example, where we've seen the importance of the community. We've seen how players can participate as stakeholders and how they are, the fact, that they um, engage and keep or sell their asset as an influence on the overall economy of those games. And it's quite exciting. It's the first iteration. We see... Um, It's already evolving from this play-to-earn, which launched a lot of guilds, but was very um, convoluted. So it ended up as a zero-sum game into something more uh, based on leaderboards now. Uh, I've seen that with Doki Dash and what the other side from Yuga Lab and BoardApe um, ecosystem is developing, where only the most engaged players are earning larger price, but at least the, the... Economy doesn't go back to a zero sum because every it contributes more fairly into the ecosystem.
0: Very interesting. How do you see the NFTs changing the gaming industry? And if we focus on Sandbox, how do you see Sandbox or the role of Sandbox does play into that shift? So
1: in Sandbox, like our goal was really to empower creators. So we wanted and we designed Sandbox from the ground up so that players could own and creators could own all the assets um, on the blockchain as NFTs. The gameplay is not on the blockchain itself, only the asset, meaning like lands are NFTs, avatars are NFTs, the content created by uh, are NFTs, and um, the utility token of the platform is on the blockchain. That led, I think, like the right incentive where like we have different audiences we have landowners who are like stakeholders into how this world will evolve the content they will publish uh, on those lands we have players who are engaging spending time earning rewards being rewarded for for the time they spend and also contributing toward um like the economy by acquiring assets equipment for their avatars we have the the, the creators who are also contributing to this overall ecosystem. And now we count more than two hundred thirty studio in the ecosystem that either create games for themselves or for the brands, etc. So it really evolved, and uh, we also have people who are more, I would say, investor profile by who acquire sand that contribute to the economy or stake sand or uh, just buy land as an asset that they see um, more for an investment perspective, but still. They contribute because like, they hold the land and they pay the elder studio to build on it. Just like in the physical world, um, land by itself uh, grows in value when you're building something interesting onto, onto it. So the rent would rise and things like that.
0: This remember me when we ran a couple of workshops with my senior management. And one of the first... Task and request was to create an avatar and go exploring Sandbox, and it was very funny to see all my senior management asking for avatars and then seeing them playing around in Sandbox, especially visiting you know Mega City One, Two, or Three, who are like the digital twins of of Hong Kong. Uh, we have seen a lot of brand collaborating with you. It can be on the entertainment, but also financial institutions and insurance. Uh, my next question would be like, could you? Tell us uh, about some of the partnership collaborations that Sandbox has established and how, you know, those uh, collaborations have contributed to the success success of
1: Sandbox. Right. So first of all, like the avatar is really the entry, we feel like it is the entry point to the metaverse. Like it's a concept, like making it your digital identity um, that uh, everyone can understand. Because even if you haven't played video games, or at least you've seen, you understand that you need a character to enter a world and that's how other people are going to perceive you. If you played video games, it's the first thing that every game asks you to do, like create your avatar. So you're very familiar with it. That's What's unique is here, like that identity belongs to you. It is an NFT. And we say often, like in Metaverse, you are reborn. So you have a chance to choose who you're going to be, a man, a woman, or a non-gendered person or a non-human creature. Or even like And that's one of the key in the open metaverse, importing one of your NFTs that is in your wallet and and turning it into a 3D character uh, automatically. That's called interoperability. And we support more than 60 of the most popular projects like that already in about a year, since a year. Um, So that identity you use, you explore with it. People recognize that you belong to certain communities as well because you part and you you choose that identity. So we've launched Avatar from the Rabbits, from Care Bears, from Paris Hilton recently has been very successful, or Steve Aoki or Snoop Dogg. It also contributes to promote the project you're part of because as you explore, people see that, hey, you're a Rabbits and you're playing not only in the Rabbits world, you're playing into all the other experience. And uh, like it, it creates also funny social moments when people take pictures or share videos with all those diverse Avatars together. So it's cool to feel like people want to have their Avatar in the physical world or even in the banking world. The second thing is like we've really fought Sandbox from the beginning as an entertainment platform. We've been focused on uh, gaming of course, but also music, uh, entertainment with uh, like uh, cartoons, The Walking Dead or, or rabbits, scare bear bears, etc. Uh, and then more broadly into sport, fashion, culture. We actually didn't expect the banking and finance sector to come that early as well, but they did. Uh, and uh, they did, and they followed some of our recommendations, which have been like, you need to reinvent yourself in this space. You need to be following the new codes of Web3, and we are a creative platform at the core. So please don't do what you did in Second Life 25 years ago. You've all seen that didn't work. If you just try to replicate, um, create a virtual headquarter, a virtual bank branch, it wasn't enough, and, and people will not come just for that. They are not looking for banking service with virtual avatar. They are looking to have fun. And so banks like DBS understood that. They created experience that are focused more on like understanding the space at the beginning, how users are engaging creatively. And they uh, launched this concept of like more of a sustainable land that use the game mechanics to promote like a healthy behavior and a sustainable behavior for the environment, ecology. And so at the same time, educating users while themselves like understanding the first things about Web3, being there early on is also quite important, I believe, uh, because like you, your presence with the land with an experience that users and their avatar are going to see makes you part of their general culture of that world. And so one day, one the bank will be able to offer service related to digital assets. And San Token here in Hong Kong, for example, is one of the 18 tokens that's been approved by the government. Meaning that potentially, bank might offer it, hopefully in the future, as uh, something that users can purchase, can hold on their traditional bank account, etc. So leading to our uh, like um, both uh, new fi- centralized and decentralized financial service on top of platform that is focused on entertainment, gaming, and as the utility behind that. I find that cool, and I find like where which bank are you going to turn to as a creator? Uh, one that happened, but you're going to reach out to the bank that you've seen in the platform, the place that you play, where you create that showed already that they understand your space. Not going to the bank, physical bank, which I like. Well, not even understand a word about what you were saying when you say, "Hey, I'm a creator in the metaverse. I have a huge community." I monetize my land by selling avatars or uh, equipment or wearable, and I like to uh, borrow some money so I can buy more virtual land so I can expand my presence in the metaverse. <laughs> and I think DBS might understand a bit better now that, and that's why like, creator would trust it more, in that sense.
0: Okay, now I have a, a very personal question for you. Which experience did you enjoy the most into the sandbox? Oh yeah, well, many. like,
1: um, You know, I try every time we launch a, an event, experience, to, to really play it. Uh, and I show that on my social profiles. Um, I, I really like not only uh, the famous brand and artists around music, uh, so like Steve Land, Warner Music Land, or Dead Modern, but also like smaller creators who tend to be also very creative, include a lot of Easter eggs. Um, there's been um, some games Around by, by the local studio here in Hong Kong, and that was one thing you mentioned. like I, I loved seeing Hong Kong that there's already uh, six or seven local studios and twenty around Greater China that built the experiences for some of the banks here, like the HSBC, the um, we were talking about the South China Morning Post when you mentioned when we were referring to the Hong Kong Central ferry pier. Um, that's where that are some of the fun experiences that, that I enjoy playing. And uh, I think, like, right now, those experiences, and I'm thinking again about Monkok, like Little Mong Kok, Um there's been a, um, Colun, Walden Garden, Kowloon City, if I remember correctly, or the McDo Experience, which is like a very popular character from here, are just some of the examples that right now they're not too known, but I hope that once we reopen. Once we open publishing, we will publish those experiments again on the map so people can discover all all those references I've been mentioning.
0: So we just explore collaboration with big brands and financial institutions. But if we want to focus a bit more on the company sandbox, you're also doing uh, some cool collaboration, for example, with Ledger and more recently with Forecast Labs. Could you elaborate a bit more about how this collaboration helps you to extend your reach and also... Um, play a role in the Web three industry.
1: So, I, I I really see like the Web three ecosystem NFT ecosystem as like the growing by network effect. So when we do those partnership, it's actually always beneficial for the both partner by educating, onboarding new users, bringing more trust. And our goal is like how do we establish more trust around like both users and and. Uh, brands and bigger institutions, including public sometimes government and public institutions but what we're doing typically with ledger we've done many um, activation partnership to officially protect users on how they can hold their uh, digital assets by offering like a collector physical ledger wallet to uh, users uh, who uh, top creators uh, on the platform I- actually I think I saw one if I yes. can here yes so you'. So you have uh, actually won one when you came to one of our events here in Hong Kong. Uh, we also have launched, a Ledger as built with a, um, a studio called Swipeback in France, an experience that was educating users in a very uh, fun and engaging way about the principle of web-free security. That experience drove over 360,000 unique users to discover a complete million of quests, and then uh, re- remind, remember better uh, those concepts by engaging themselves in the space and in context. The Studios Wipe Back actually won an award um, for a very popular uh, brand and marketing award in France for contributing. So it's really creating synergies and growing ecosystem and recognition. We, will have, we also have the partnership with Ledger Enterprise, where like, the digital asset that the sandbox as a company holds the lands, the NFT that we buy because we buy a lot of uh, NFT from various community and creators ourselves to showcase it in the metaverse. And the, the token we have in our reserve it's going to be held on uh, the, the most secure solution on the market provided by Ledger Enterprise. So great synergies. Um, with Forecast, I think like, like the synergy is more around like data and intelligence over data. So we all know that Uh, there's a lot of data available publicly on the blockchain. There is some data related like to user engagement in the sandbox and other metaverse that are still um, centralized, so not publicly available on the blockchain. But the interpretation that you put on top of the data, the intelligence, uh, providing report, analyzing user behavior, understanding what it means concretely, is missing. And I believe forecast, which is like, such a recognized angela from forecast actually won recently a prize as one of like an ambassador in web3 as a woman in tech it's incredible she's done an amazing job at covering news partnering uh, doing this merging with crypto slam to have like real data analysis so people understand and she she had like this all this analysis on top of it to create indexes that analyze, uh, for example, by industry vertical, like so what's happening in fashion, what's happening in gaming, what's happening in finance in the metaverse, like how users are engaging the what do the volume of transaction mean? And that's been a great example of how data could be misread. like I think it was earlier this year where like uh, an article in Condes like misinterpreted data on chain and said like there were just thirty user. Uh, a day in the metaverse, which okay. was totally wrong. I uh, there was thirty transactions on that day, meaning that there was maybe thirty users who actually bought something in metaverse. But like the metaverse itself is not about buying; like it's so early for commerce. The metaverse is about spending time and exploring. So we had ten of of active users engaging, exploring, spending time. But maybe they're not buying yet. That might come later, and that kind of like what we had to rectify and explain again and I think that what forecast is going to provide much more as value also like having data index is so important that's how like a lot of business in the B2B world are taking decisions they look at a certain vertical and they decide based on that like where they are going to spend their budget their marketing and where they keep innovating that's why we have all those reports as well by J.P. Morgan McKinsey etc. around the metaverse because Business have to decide where they put their R and D, their marketing uh, effort, and um, expand how they interact and engage with users. So, we hope that this partnership will definitely lead to more adoption of the metaverse in general.
0: Thanks to that. Since the beginning of this interview, we talk about the journey of Sandbox and and recent news. Um, but where is the company right now?
1: So, we, we Sandbox has uh, um, roughly five hundred people around the world across. 10, 12 uh, offices. So we have uh, presence in France, uh, in UK, in London, uh, in uh, US, in Los Angeles, in Canada, in Montreal, but also Argentina and Uruguay. And uh, here in Asia, we have um, office in Korea, in Japan, Tokyo, in uh, Hong Kong, of course, in Thailand, Bangkok. And in Turkey, so that means that we have this global reach that allows us to be this like digital nation without frontier, where we onboard creators, we onboard brands, sometimes we onboard players, and also education the education system to the metaverse from any of those points. You were referring before like uh, we're strong in Asia. It's true. Like Asia represents more than forty percent of the activity in Sandbox, both from uh, landowners, but also creators and brands. And Hong Kong is a really a strong hub. Like I came back here in April when we run our partner day. The team that's present here has done an amazing job with partnering, establishing all those partnerships, uh, developing uh, the experiences through the agencies because we don't have internal production here. We always work with local agencies and studios like Dex Game, Pengu, uh, just to name a few, um, and also with the education system. So. I just came back from visiting the Hong Kong Design Institute, where I could see a project led by students, where they built an experience and also a lot of like um, content and physical uh, art, physical representation of their experience. So it's a f- one of the first places in the world where I see like uh, such a renowned uh, school or academy or university that integrate as part of their program, uh, the curriculum. Metaverse classes and have concrete projects led by students that lead them to their graduation. So um, I believe that's how it is important for us to be present on the ground and uh, every time like it's by showcasing as early as possible the possibilities by having uh, even though we are virtual world, we run a lot of physical presence. Uh, we had for two months present at the K11 Museum here in Hong Kong as well, where people could interact, could make their avatar for the first time, could assist and attend various workshops and understand better um, by themselves like what the metaverse uh, is right now, what it can become. And, and that's quite exciting.
0: And the next question will be, what are the next steps for you? Are you going for Alpha Season 4, for three of the platforms or going mobile?
1: Yes, well, a little bit of all of that. <laughs> so, um, we are going to launch the to open publishing to any landowner uh, by end of Q3. So, that means like we're going any creators who own land can start publishing the experience that they built uh, for the past months, uh, based on the new version of our game maker. So we keep updating regularly our creation tool to also offer a lot of more possibilities and new gameplay rules and, and more ways to, for creators to engage and monetize their users. Um, that means like we no longer just have like one event a month with ten experiences available and then nothing more, but we'll have hundred, potentially thousand of things to explore at any point of time. So people will spend more uh, time in the metaverse. We'll have more users coming because they come from one experience uh, but they might stay and engage with many others um, leading to a growth of uh, user base, growth of uh, potentially monetization of those users who will uh, buy their NFT for the first time in one project and use it into another and so on. That's quite exciting. Uh, We're also uh, preparing for mobile to come next year so uh, advancing on like making sandbox playable on mobile device so you can access and join your friends from anywhere. And uh, we're exploring around like um, solutions such as uh, generative AI, etc., to facilitate content creation. I think it's also important to keep in mind like how do we empower even more people to become creators and creators. Quite exciting to see the progress over the past year, or just in a year in that area, and how like now people can create three D two con- D content. We have already seen it. Three D content it's, it's evolving and progressing really well just by uh, typing text. Like just it, everyone knows how to type text. I want to see a forest with free uh, with trees pops around in front of you. Like well, like so simple to create, right? So that's uh, some of the direction that we have. Uh, we have uh, season four uh, that is in progress but we'll have some surprise before season four we want to keep iterating and uh, finding new formats of uh, like to engage see if this can be if this work. like how we can then give the tool for creators to use by themselves on their own on their lands
0: unfortunately the discussion is going to an end because we're running out of time and your agenda is very packed right so could you share with us where we can find more information about Sandbox? Is it on Discord, on Twitter, on LinkedIn?
1: Yes. So um, we, uh, if you follow Sandbox on our uh, social channels, you uh, can see all the different announcements about our product update, about um, the launch of new avatar sale, land sale, and, um, of course, like uh, the um, the major partnership that we, we had, like you mentioned some of them. Um, The website will provide also all the information for you to get started, create your avatar, uh, download Game Maker. No purchase of any NFT is required. You don't need to own the land to start creating, you don't need to own an avatar to start playing. So we we always, and we don't even need now to own a wallet uh, to start engaging. Like we try to simplify every single step here to keep onboarding more users into the space.
0: Thank you very much, Sebastian. It was it was a great pleasure for me to have you here today. Thanks again for making uh, a time in your agenda for being here. And um, I really enjoyed this interview. So thank you very much for coming today.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mehdi. And see you in the metaverse.